Hi, this is Paul Butler. I'm the Senior Pastor of New Heart Baptist Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We hope that this podcast will be a great blessing to you and encourage your life. Um, but it's so good to be here. Um, the last month, as if you've got the uh, my family emails, uh, you would know that the last month's been a little bit interesting for me. I shared at the Good Friday service that I was diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer and um, and the, Michelle uh, finished up at work. Um, she's, my, she's been my right-hand gal. And um, to, to lose her uh, at that level, she's now entering into a new season uh, of being uh, a Grammy, um, which is, and I'm a poppy. And uh, so my little grandson is doing really well. His name's Wynn. And I, I spoke to my granddaughter in Germany last night. So we went from having th- three puppies to three puppies and two grandchildren very quickly. And today my uh, daughter-in-law is expecting another grandson. And in about three weeks, my daughter Zoe is expecting another grandson. (laughs) So talk about new days, new seasons, new things. Um, You know, the the dream Michelle uh, had, um, she asked the Lord for a dream for me or for a word for me coming into this new season and what it would mean for her not to be working on staff. And uh, the Lord gave her a strange picture, and I think I've shared this with you, but it was a picture of me falling off a cliff. Uh, that's great, isn't it? <laughs> Can I have another one? <clears throat> and, um, and I'm actually free falling, you know, as you do, if you fall off a cliff. And as she's telling me this story, I imagine it. It's like it's it's like it just like a video going off in my head, uh, and I'm imagining I'm in this shaft and I'm falling down. I'm watching the side of this shaft going down, and my arms and my legs are going everywhere. I am not doing this, you know. I'm not I'm not like those guys sky skydivers. I am definitely out of control. But as I'm falling, I'm feeling an absolute presence and peace of God. Isn't it interesting that your circumstances could have you completely out of control, but you can know God's peace and his presence, he's he's there. And I'm falling down and then I hit a rock. Uh, And and as Michelle shared that, um, she said, and the Lord said these words, um, it's better that he falls on the rock than the rock falls on him. Okay. Um, Well, we know that Jesus is the rock. He described, uh, he's described, God is described as the rock and he's the cornerstone. And the picture I had of me falling on a rock was that I didn't get to the bottom of this shaft, but actually the, the rock was moving up to meet me. And when I hit the rock, you know when you fall on rock or concrete? It's hard. It hurts. But I didn't get hurt. I got saved. And um, so this was, this was three months ago. This is before my prostate diagnosis. This is before Michelle finished work. There's been so many things happening. Um, my mum uh, had a... Ha, uh, Matilda had little win. Um, my mum and dad had not been well and then my mum fractured a leg the other day and that came out of the blue and then Matilda found herself in ho- hospital uh, with, with an abscess. Um, she's okay, she's back home but she was three days in hospital with little win and Tom and for the first time when my mum fractured her leg this week, I felt a little bit out of control. Yeah. 
Has anybody ever felt that? I've got Richard and Sue going, yep. Um, A little bit out of control. But here's the thing. Today's word is about living the life of the Spirit. And we're going to talk about God who is the river of life. And the life of the Spirit is Father, Son and Holy Spirit work together. When I say the life of the Spirit, you cannot separate the Holy Spirit from Jesus the Son and God the Father. They work like this. I was doing this um, pause. There's a pause app by John Eldridge and he's got this, um, and I'm really enjoying doing it. It's a 10-minute biblical prayerful meditation. And this week I'm doing a series called Resilience. And he used this, he said, put your hands together. And he said, that's intimacy. And then he said, now interlock your fingers. And he said, that's union. And that's how I feel with God right now. That's what it feels like to fall out of control, but have that sense of presence and peace. You're, you're close but you're interlocked. And Jesus in his prayer, uh, the last prayer in the garden, he, he talks about that they might be one as we are one. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, you have to broaden somehow your thinking, which is impossible. Humans can't fully grasp the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit, but God is one, is this. And he, Spirit, lives in me, but that means I'm connected into, in it strictly that's not the right word, but I keep going to go. Um, he, I am united with him in a special way through my relationship through Jesus. And through him, I get to know the Father God. Like, this is amazing. And the, the, the picture we're going to get today is the river, the river of life, that God is a, a, a well, a, like this spring of life in us. He is not water, but he's like it. He's like a river of life. I don't know if you've ever been to the, a dry place or to a desert place, but you would know that to be in a desert without water is terrible. We live in a, in a world, in a Western world, in a, in a city environment where you, even if you were without water, you could stop at someone's tap and get water, right? You'll never go thirsty in a city. But go out to the back of Burke and you walk in any direction, from any place that you are, and you'll be in a place where there's no water, not even in creeks sometimes. And so humans are designed to live with water. 60% of my body is water. And in the same way, humans are designed to have the presence and the power and the love and the light and the life of God living in us. We're not designed to be without God. And that's why we see so much brokenness in the world because humans are living without the presence, the power and the person of God living inside them. And so we're going to look at the life of God uh, being described as a river of life and how we need to to get into that river and get into that life. But before I do that, um, Graham did mention the Jesus Revolution and I did go to see that and I'm really glad I did. I went up, in, we were on holidays and went to Maroochydore. The theatre was packed. I, when's the last time you went to a movie where the theatre was packed? And uh, it, was, it is an awesome movie. It's not a B-grade Christian movie. This is just a movie and it tells, the, the life story, or tells a story, a snapshot of three people. Chuck Smith, who is a pastor of Calvary Chapel, uh, tells a story of a guy called Lonnie Frisbee who... 
uh, was an alternate hippie guy who had a massive encounter with Jesus and God used him powerfully to share the love of God with hippies who were dropping out of society. And a third guy, Greg Laurie, a young teenage guy who was on his own search for life, identity and meaning of life. Who am I? What is right? What is wrong? And what is my purpose in life? And he, he tells the stories told through his eyes. And I've got to tell you, it is a story for every generation. It doesn't matter whether you were back there. But I, I encountered this life 10 years after that movie. It actually has a moment in the movie where they're sitting around watching a TV of Neil Armstrong's first step on the moon. So it's 1969-ish. And it had a combi in it, so I was very... <laughs> Uh, I kind of like mid-century stuff and lots of mid-century furniture, which I love watching through that too. But that's not my point. My point is, um, 10 years after that happened, Michelle and I, beca- uh, I became a full-on Christian and Michelle became a Christian. It took 10 years after that moment for what happened, what God was doing in that place amongst those people to start spreading out throughout the countries of the world and start touching people's lives. And I just want to tell you this. This movie, though it's set 50 years ago, is, it, it actually deals with the same three issues that were being dealt with then. Identity, who am I? It deals with the idea of what's right and wrong. And the third one is, what is my purpose? What is my destiny? That movie and that, those themes haven't changed. Definitely the, the narrative and the things that we're hearing and the things that we're talking about are different. And the things that they were dealing with back then, I think people were a little bit more spiritually alert, even though that alertness in the hippie movement was like new age and, and sort of finding yourself through drug-induced kind of... I don't know what you call it. Tripping. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, just tripping to find your own reality, right? And people were, were sort of doing that. Um, I'm going to show you a, a, a little four-minute video... And it's the baptism of Greg. And, and it's going to connect us to the story of God being the river of life. What you're going to see is baptisms. And by the way, if you look up um, baptisms, um, Jesus Revolution, you'll discover that while they were filming the actors who were getting baptised, on the side, people were coming, because they invited all these people to come in their hippie clothes and their 70s gear just to be part of a crowd. And while the... <coughs> The, film, the directors are filming the actual actors over to the side, and you don't see it in the movie, but over the side, people are actually coming out to get baptised for real. They're having their own encounter with the living God and having a dramatic change and transformation in their own life um, because they heard, what, uh, heard the message about Jesus and wanted to respond to it. Anyway, I'm going to get you to have a look at this, and this is just a teaser for you to go and have a look at it for yourself. 1007. It's just water. What? I'm just saying, why is it going to freeze? Right, it's just water. Why are you freaking out? I'm not freaking out. I'm not freaking out. Okay, I'm freaking out a little bit. You're gonna be fine. You can fully accept Jesus Christ. 
never be the same. Welcome. <laughs> How'd that feel? You'll see. Hi. Greg, right? Yeah. I've been praying for this moment since I first met you. Have you decided? Um, I don't know. You want to decide right now? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And pray with me. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. But you are the savior of the world. You are the savior of the world. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to come into my life. I repent for my sins. I repent for all my sins. And I accept you as my Lord and Savior, my God and friend. And I accept you as my Lord and Savior, my God and my friend. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Greg, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I was about 15 I got baptized it was a really amazing day for me um, but it'd been a journey about 10 years after that actual thing happened that's probably about the time about 1979 I got baptized which is a long time ago for some of you some of you don't even remember 79 but anyway let's move on from me being old um, 
the reality was is that um, I, there was this guy called Gary in my, and he led a Sunday morning Bible study. Um, and it was, I think it was before church and then we went to church. And it was at his place. And I encountered a guy who actually revealed that you could know God. Everybody in my church seemed to know a lot about God, but I met this guy and he actually knew God. It was just, he had this, this knowledge about God which was t- deeply personal and intimate. And it really touched my heart. He talked, to, he pr- his way he prayed was like, I'm talking to you. He prayed to God like he knew God. It was bizarre. It was like everybody, like the pastor at my church, he would pray and he'd put on this special prayer voice. You've got people that put on special prayer voices. I don't pray like that. I decided a long time ago I don't have a special prayer voice. I just pray to God like I talk to you because I know God and God knows me more importantly. And Gary, he revealed the love of Jesus to me because Jesus showed him the love of Jesus. And what I encountered through Gary is what these people in this baptism. Baptism is this symbol of dying to, to an old way of living without God and coming out alive in a new way where you are living with God and God is inside you. And Gary epitomized that. And as a 15-year-old, he just loved me with the love of Jesus. And he had this river of life flowing out of him. And he used to sing. He was a country in West... Russell, you would have loved him. Where's Russell? Russell, you would have loved him. There's a river of life flowing out of me. Now, don't start singing. (laughs) Okay, let's stop, stop, stop. There's two types of music. I don't like country and western. Um, uh, but the, the, there's a river of life flowing out of him, and he used to sing that. And he was actually a very good country and western singer. Could play guitar, so I, I sort of let alone. I was a rock and roll boy. But he epitomised that song. He lived that song out. He had a river of life flowing out of him, and that river of life was not water. It was not a river. It was God Himself. And it was filling him and flooding him. And I just want to take you through some scriptures that talk about how God is revealed through from beginning to end and in the middle, how God reveals himself as a river of life. Who wants to come with me and read some stories from the scriptures? All right. If uh, we could go to the first scripture in Genesis, we have the first description of a, of a river. And um, we have this beautiful picture of the, the garden and Eden and the Lord God caused to grow out of the ground every tree pleasing in appearance and good for food, including the tree of life in the middle of the garden, as well as the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out from Eden to water the garden and from there it divided and became the source of four rivers. So you might go, yeah, okay, a river, good. But this is a picture, there's a, there's a tree of, and it doesn't say this, but it's a river of life because we're going to find in a minute what else 
the Bible says about this river and how God is actually wanting us. You know, when I became a Christian, God put me back in count in, in touch with the tree of life. Before I became a Christian, I didn't have eternal life. I had this guy come to me this week to do a quote for air conditioning and um, we got to the end and he, he said, yeah, I'm the, the sales manager and I had to come back. One of my guys left and he said, I didn't really want to come back. I've been away off leave. I've had chemotherapy and I'm recovering and then I've got food poisoning on my road trip and I'm coming back and I'm just not feeling 100%. And, and I said, oh, man, I've just been diagnosed with cancer and I would just shared our stories. And, um, and he, said, yeah, he said to me these strange words, but I have hope. And I said, tell me about that. And he, he talked about the fact that he got onto experimental treatment and that he had throat cancer and that he, his cancer had gone away. And I said, man, sounds like you've just been through a really, really rough time. And I said, I'm a Christian. I said, would you mind if I pray for you right now? Because you're, you're doing it tough right now. And I said, and as a Christian, I have hope for today and hope for tomorrow. And he goes... Yeah, I'd like it for you to pray for me. So we just stood there as he's about to leave and I just prayed for him and asked Jesus to come and to completely heal his body and to bring him his hope. There is a river of life flowing out of me, but it flows in me first and it changes me. And this river out, went out from Eden to water the garden and God's life in us waters us. Without him, we are like a desert. we got nothing. But with him, we are a beautiful garden. And then, uh, if we could go to the next scripture, Ezekiel had this picture given to him uh, and by God. And in Ezekiel 47, we read this, Then he brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and there was water flowing from underneath the threshold of the temple towards the east, for the temple faced east, and the water was coming down from underneath the south side of the threshold of the temple south of the altar. Now, there's a whole lot of detail there, but just hold on. Um, then he brought me back to the, well, yep. Then he brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and there was water flowing from under. Oh, I've done that one. Yep. Then he asked me, "Do you see this son of man?" Then he led me back to the bank of the river. Keep going. And when I returned, I saw a very large number of trees along both sides of the riverbank. He said to me, this water flows out to the eastern region and goes down to the Arabia. And when it enters the sea, the sea of foul water, which is the Dead Sea, the water of the sea becomes fresh. Uh, the Dead Sea is drying up. There's a prophecy here in Ezekiel that one day there's going to be such a water coming down that the Dead Sea will become a living place. If any of you have been to the Dead Sea and floated in it, you cannot even allow one drop to get in your eye or anywhere, otherwise you'll get very sick from the bacteria in that place. It's a deadly place. And every kind of living creature that swarms will live wherever the river flows and there will be a huge number of fish because this water goes there. Since the water will become fresh, there will be life everywhere the river goes. This this picture is there's the temple and there's this water flowing out and it starts a little bit very thin and then as it spreads out, instead of spreading out and becoming thinner, it spreads out and becomes deeper. And then this river goes and it flows down into the deepest uh, place 
in the earth. The Dead Sea is the deepest place in the earth and it's dead, dead, dead. And this water, this living water goes into dead places and all of a sudden life springs out. What does that sound like? Does that sound like the life of God? The life, the presence, the light, the love of God that hits dead places, dead people, dead things. And from out of things that have nothing, God brings something and that something is good. You know, in Genesis 1, it says the earth was formless and void and the spirit hovered over it. And then God said, let there be. And you know what? Every single person here who has come to know Jesus, God had a moment in your life where he said, let there be life. Because you believed on the Lord Jesus and you did what that young fella did in that video. He, he repented of his sins. He turned away from his life without God and he said, Jesus, I want your life in me. And God went, right, life comes back into you and my river flows into you. Now, right at the end of the scripture, if we could go to the, the next scripture, please, Beth, uh, to Revelations. Um, then he said, then he showed me, this is the last chapter of the book. So we had the, one of the first chapters in Genesis where you have this garden and you've got this river. And then we, re, we have Ezekiel talking about a time when God's river is going to flow from his presence and it's going to touch nations and bring about life into dead places. And then we get right at the end of the Bible, we have this restoration back to the garden. And then he showed me the river of the water of life. The river of the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God. God has already brought his temple to earth and he is the temple and he's come and a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem and the temple of God down to the middle of the city's main street and the tree of life was on each side of the river. How does a tree of life get on? I reckon there must be trees of life. The tree of life was on each side of the river, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit every month. Trees don't bear fruit every month, but they do here. And the leaves of the trees are the healing for the nation. So the beginning, we have God's presence with his people. And there's this water flowing, this, this presence and his life flowing. And then at the end, we have this restoration of all humanity who put their faith in the, the Lamb of God. And there will be no longer any curse in the throne of God. And the Lamb of God will be in the city and his servants will worship him. His servants, those who, who said, Jesus, we want to be with you. We want to serve you. They will be with you and they will be part of this river and this tree of life and this fruitfulness. This is a good picture. So where does this fit into the New Testament? Let's go to the next scripture. In John chapter 4, you remember the story that Jesus came. Um, he went through Samaria on the way to Jerusalem and he encountered a lady coming out in the middle of the day and he asked her, or his disciples had gone to get some food and he asked her for a drink of water. And he said, Jesus, they had a conversation and then Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, what is the gift of God? What is the gift of God? Eternal life? It's so many things. You know what it is? It's him. 
the gift of God, the Holy Spirit is referred to the gift because it's his presence come in us. If you knew the gift of God and who he is and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you. But whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. In fact, the water I give him or her will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. But an hour is coming and it's now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. The Father wants people to be filled with spirit and truth. He wants a river of life, a wellspring of life, a living water flowing into them, flowing out of them. Just as the water flowed out of the garden, just as the water flowed out of the temple, just as the water flows out, out from the throne of God in Revelation, the picture of right now. So there's, a, a, there's history, there's the future, and there's right now. And all the time, God is saying, I want people who will live in the river. I want the river of life to be in them and flowing out of them. I want what is growing in them to be fruitful in season and out of season. I want the leaves of the tree of them, the things that that on the outside to be, be used for healing of the nations. This is amazing. And Jesus is saying to this Samaritan woman, if you only realized who was asking you for a drink, you would ask him for a drink. And you wouldn't be worried about water so much. You'd be coming into touch with the God who loves you. Then in John chapter 7, this, um, it says there on the, last, on the last day, on the last and most important day of the festival. John actually doesn't explain what the festival is, but it's actually the festival of shelters or tabernacles. Um, this was a celebration for them, the Israelites, the Jewish people, to celebrate how God provided shelter and provision for them throughout their time in the desert. And I just let me read to you um, what it says about what I uh, read on a website this morning. Each day during the fe Feast of Tabernacles, water in a gold vessel was ceremonially carried in, in procession from the pool of Siloam to the temple. And the water was then poured out in front of the altar of burnt offerings. And Isaiah 13 3 says, was recited, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And trumpets would be sounded, special psalms were sung, and the people would give thanks uh, to God for the water and remind the people of the water that God had sent in the time of Moses. You know, when Moses had gone, had been led by God into the desert and there was no water and, and God said, hit that rock with the rod that I gave you and water poured out. It also looked forward to the days when abundant Living water, which Jesus is talking about in uh, John chapter 4, living water would flow from the temple in the Messianic area in which we talked about in Ezekiel. And on the last day of the feast, there was a special closing ceremony when even more water was poured out in the temple. And many believed that Jesus made his proclamation about the living water as this water was being poured out in front of the altar. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink.
The one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within him or her. He said this about that those who believed in Jesus were going to receive the gift of God. The spirit for the spirit has not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Come to me, all those who are thirsty. Uh, when I saw Gary, I became thirsty. When I saw the living river of the river of life in Gary, that he was drinking, he loved Jesus, and Jesus loved him, and he had encountered Jesus in a way that I had not yet encountered. And at about the same time, I started listening to a Christian musician called Keith Green. And when I listened to him sing, I heard the same cry or thirst in him for God. And I went, this is just not like singing a hymn. This guy is singing from his belly. He's singing like he really is singing to God. And up until that point, I never sung to God. I mean, some of you might not like singing, right? I get that. I love singing. I, wrote, I started playing music about 16, about the time I met Gary, and, and I soon stopped getting Gary to teach me country and western and gone on to a rock guitarist. But anyway, um, the thing was is that I, I started to, to, to realise that you could sing a song or you could sing a song. Do you know the difference? There is a difference between someone being a good singer and someone being a good performer. Because when someone performs, they actually, you actually feel like they're singing it to you or about that. And when you sing a song that's written for you, between you and God, you can either sing the words or you can sing it to God. And there was this shift inside me. I started singing even old hymns to God. And I stopped just singing words that were theologically correct and doctrinally correct about God and I realised I could sing them to him. And I, I could experience these for myself and so I started reading the Bible like God was speaking to me and he was. And, and God started to change and this river started to grow inside me and it was him. There's a river of life that is for all of us. We all get to encounter him. We get all invited to come to the river. We get all to invite for him to fill our humanity with him. For us to experience his love, his life and his light. For him to, to pour out his power through fragile things. And what I love most about that movie that I'd love you all to see is that none of them were awesome people to start with. Even Lonnie died of AIDS in 1993. God took... In fact, Lonnie's story is tragic. He was abused as a, baby, as a young boy by his male babysitter and it messed him up so much. It fractured his identity... In fact, it, it just messed with him so much. And, um, but you know what? God used Lonnie Frisbee. You've probably never heard of the guy before. But God used him 
as a part of a generational move. Chuck Smith, Chuck Smith was a pastor of a very, very average church of about 70 people. Conservative, people wore suits. They were more worried about the shag pile carpet they had put in than the people coming into it. They were more about maintaining than inviting people in. God used Chuck Smith. Greg Laurie was just a teenage kid whose mother was an alcoholic whose father had abandoned them. Uh, he was just looking for... And God took three of these men and their wives and their partners. In fact, Greg Laurie's wife was instrumental in Greg becoming a Christian. And she came from a family of wealth, but she went, no, I want more. And all I want you to say, you don't have to be righteous. You don't have to be good to encounter the river of life. In fact, it would seem from the Bible that God tends to use people who are very broken to fill them with his life. And then he uses them to display how good he is because they can't take credit for being really good. He starts with fragile, broken people and he fills them and they leak and they have to be refilled. Anybody here a broken vessel that needs to be filled? Right. So, what am I urging you today? Well, if we could go back one slide, please, Beth. Those who believe in me, the scriptures have said, will have streams of living water flowing deep within them. It's really simple. God wants you to drink deeply of him. It's an invitation. It's not a demand. He is not going to force feed you himself. But to all those who come to him, who call on his name, he will fill you with himself and there's nothing better. You may have been a Christian a long time, but let me tell you right now, there's no better time to remind yourself that there's nothing more important in this life than being filled with the presence and the love of God. And for, for you to encounter that, to live that, for it to pour out of you, we need a generational wake up. We've got to get back to that. God seems to do that every 50 or 60 years. He wakes up a generation and I believe he's doing it again. And it's going to come with this surprising outpouring of his spirit upon people who we didn't expect and a reawakening of people who say, Jesus, you are the living water and I'm thirsty for more. And I want you to fill me with your spirit of life and love and light. I want to step into you. Be, be, I want to drown in you. I want your life to become my life. I want to be in union with you. Jesus, I love because you first loved me. But I choose now, right now, to say I want to love you more and more. I want your river to come into me more and more. I want your word to become my word. I want your words to live in me. I want your words to flow out of me.
and I want the evidence of your word living in me to be fruit that others can eat from. God, I invite you to take me deeper into this moment, Lord. Just like we saw of that video, he died in that water and he came back to life. Lord, you can do that time and time again for us. We welcome you. We invite you to give us strength. If you knew who was asking you for water, you would ask him and he would give you living water that would come flowing up from a spring within you. So we ask you. We ask you again. Come Holy Spirit.